Good morning. Please join with me in the prayer for illumination. We come to hear the stories of other people in another world long ago. We come to hear the stories that are also about us today in this place. God give us ears to listen, eyes to hear, hearts to see. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Our scripture today is from Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be the God of our Father, our, of our Lord, let me start again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in, he, in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in, before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us, bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he has lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplished all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who, are, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward the redemption of God's own people to the praise of his glory. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I have to confess, um, I cannot tell you uh, factually if this is true, but uh, maybe those of y'all um, who haven't had to Maybe if you've been uh, accessing your cell phone, you could tell me. But apparently Richard Branson this morning is headed on a trip. Have you been watching the news, right? This, this wonderful race that's not a race, right? Uh, between Bezos and Branson. I, I like to say it's boys with their toys, right? But, but anyways, it is technologically fascinating, right? Um, that uh, over the next two weeks, there'll be two gentlemen who will uh, go um, up into space for a little while um, and then return back to Earth. And they'll do it all in the craft that they made themselves, asterisks, <laughs> right? I love it when they say, yeah, Richard Branson, the first person to go to space um, uh, in a craft that he built himself. And I always go, asterisk, 
right? Because it's not like he's back in his, in his shop, you know, doing a little metal working, you know, pulling a, an engine out of the junkyard, you know, it's not like he's headed out to, you know, Brazoria County's airport and he's just gonna, on a Saturday, you know, take a little trip. No, right? This is a Virgin uh, Atlantic spaceport that he's launching off from. The amount of accolades and accomplishment that he has got before he's even done it is amazing, right? If you wanted an example of what praise looks like, there you have it, right? A good week of praise and accolades for Richard Branson, right? Now, um, as we think about uh, our passage for this morning and our uh, uh, kind of the, the, the journey ahead of us for the next seven weeks, as we look at the book of Ephesians, I think it's just interesting to begin with Richard Branson, right? Um, one of the things that I think history will remember uh, Branson as um, will be um, somebody who had a long trajectory of accomplishing a goal. There's video footage of him in 1988 um, first mentioning his desire to go to space. And then if you've been, um, you know, inundated with all of the news coverage, um, you'll notice that every time they talk about it, he's holding a slip of paper that had mission statement at the top of it. And it's a handwritten, yellowed, crumbled piece of paper where he wrote down the desire uh, to make space travel common for his children and grandchildren, right? It's like he went to one of those team building um, experiences, right? And everybody had to write down their mission statement and he wrote down his, right? His purpose. And so whether you believe the hype or not, I think that's an interesting thing that history will remember him for. Over the next seven weeks, we'll journey through the book of Ephesians. And I have to be honest with you. I, I try to always be honest with you. Ephesians for preachers is a groaner. I mean, this is not one that you pull out and you go, yeah, this one's fun, right? And you might say, why? Well, because there's some mystery in the message. Um, you know, for preachers, we, we get a little frustrated because many, if not most scholars agree that it probably wasn't written by Paul, but yet I will slip up a number of times in the next seven weeks saying Paul writes, um, it also wasn't written really to a specific church. In some of the original manuscripts, um, it's like they copied and pasted a number of other churches in there. Most scholars say that it was um, a letter written by a student of Paul that was more like a newsletter that was circulated around to all the churches as opposed to like a personal letter from Paul, you know, to you. Um, there are some other things that uh, make it a groaner. Um, it is um, a theologically dense uh, epistle. Now, that's the, not the groaning part. The groaning part is that preachers like to have a little story to go along with their scripture passage. And there's, there's no narrative plot here. There's just deep, wonderful ideas that take a lot of effort to get them up and walking around on a Sunday morning like today. And so regardless of my preferences, Ephesians is a profound letter uh, that has wisdom for us today and the church has found wisdom in it for centuries. 
So I want to begin at the beginning, okay? Begin at the beginning. I'm going to read those first couple of verses, and I want you to listen with your ear, and then I'm going to ask you a question and then read it again, okay? Are you ready for this one? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ. Did you notice something about that passage? Did you notice that the author uses the second person plural pronoun often. Now, if you're not very good with grammar, like I'm not very good with grammar, that's the you all um, pronoun, right? Y'all familiar with that one, right? I'm going to read it again. I want you to spot those y'alls, you know, because it's not a you, it's you all, it's us, it's we. There's something very powerful about what God is doing among us. So hear it again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ. Do you hear the y'all in there? Do you hear that um, praise, that, that uh, accolades for what God is doing among us? This is how the author begins the letter to the Ephesians. Uh, and this whole passage is really a setting up, a uh, beginning, uh, if you will, a um, here is where I'm going. Um, oftentimes, Ephesians is talked about as a letter that walks people from worship to practice. That what we do in worship is not just set aside in a vacuum, but it is training us for the moment that we will walk outside. That the activities of worship are not just the things that the preacher put down on the bulletin and we have to do them, but rather they are a gem, an exercise, a training to make us fit to be out in the world. And so as we look at the, uh, this passage, we continue to work through it. Uh, verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. Well, let's talk, stop for a moment and think, okay, um, when we are here in worship, we have an opportunity to pray and to ask for forgiveness and to pray and to seek God's counsel. It's not just something that we do because the preacher has uh, um, created an emotional moment uh, and and you feel convicted, but rather it's a training. It's a training so that out and about in the world around us, we won't let guilt and shame rule the day. That forgiveness is as accessible as a prayer. And notice how the author of Ephesians talks about that forgiveness. Well, especially maybe his blood, which our forgiveness is, uh, is um, made through. He says, it is the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. Now, I don't know about you, I, I remember being a kid and my dad would be doing a project 
um, away from his toolbox, and he would say, Peter, go and get the half-inch wrench that's in the toolbox. And I would say, okay, Dad. And he would tell me it's in, he had one of those uh, drawers, you know, wheelie kind of toolboxes. And he'd say, it's in the third drawer on the right in the back. And I would walk from where he was all the way through the house to the garage, to the toolbox. I would count one, two, three. I would pull it out. I would do my hands like this and go, yep, right. And I would look back to the back of that right. And I would look for the half inch wrench and it wasn't there. And we would repeat this probably three more times. And it was interesting, my dad's voice changed each time (laughs) he gave me the instructions. And oftentimes on the fourth time, my dad would come down off the ladder, walk with me through the house to the garage, count with me, one, two, three, pull it out. He didn't have to do this. And there it was magically, the half-inch wrench. Now, um, we all laugh at that. Some of us have been on the other side as the parent telling a kid to go and do these things. But, But you think about the emotional state, right? I always remembered how much I must have disappointed him that I could not follow directions. I think that's a good beginning place for us as we struggle um, to become more like Jesus. We recognize our faults. And when I read Ephesians and it says that uh, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he has lavished on us. So when I'm forgiven, it's not because, oh, I only have so many more doses of forgiveness in me. You better start getting better. Surely you gotta get to where you can see the wrench. It's not about shame and guilt. This is the lavish inheritance that God has to shower us with. Do you see as we go through, as we continue kind of working through this passage, You know, verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven, things on earth. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things to his counsel and will. I don't know about you, but did you hear that word inheritance? (laughs) I did. Uh, I mean, don't don't you wonder that maybe there'll be somebody who will name you uh, in their uh, will and you get to walk away, right? I often say, if I won the lottery, I would, right? Just recently spent a week or a couple of days, Amy spent a week, I spent a couple of days at my in-law's house and they have the, the tiniest bed in their guest bedroom. And, and it's, it's like, you know, you, you try to make yourself as skinny as possible, right? And then you try to fall asleep and you, and you try not to move, which, I don't know, I can't do very well, right? And so usually one of us by about two in the morning ends up on the couch um, out by the TV. You know, as we were driving back yesterday, I said, man, if I won the lottery, I'd bust out a wall in that guest bedroom and put a king-size bed, right? Do you ever just wish somebody'd name you in their, in their will that you'd get a chance of their inheritance? When we talk about hope, when we talk about setting our hope, 
Um, We praise the God who created us, who redeems us, and who will sustain us. Now, it's interesting, right? It could be that um, I get named in somebody's will because I did something really good, but this inheritance has already been named for us, and it's ours. It's like someone's already decided that you won and you haven't even entered the competition. And so as we set our hope for the future, set our hope on Jesus, We do so knowing that we are forgiven. We do so knowing that we are already written into the will. We do so because this is part of God's plan to, in the fullness of time, wrap everything up in Jesus. Um, As I find my place, um, verse 12, so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. Now, I think you have to unpack that one, right? To live for the praise of his glory. Notice it's not, you better keep doing good things or you're not gonna get the inheritance. No, you you live in such a way that we reflect the goodness of God. Um, uh, a week or so ago, um, my daughter got a call from a friend. He was stranded on 288 uh, in between the airport and the exit for the mall. And she said, well, I'll come and help you. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, right? And so I went with her because I'm that type of helicopter dad. Um, and we get there and, um, you know, we end up, everything worked out fine, right? Um, but, uh, but, but he had called for three hours looking for somebody who would come and help him. Um, he, he um, uh, the, the car was done, right? Like stick a fork in it, you know, it was done, right? And so there was no like jumping it. There was no, we even went and got oil because maybe putting a quart, in oil, a quart of oil in it could help. It didn't, right? You know, and, and, and finally he says, you know, what I really need is a big truck that would old school strap tow to this particular destination. And I said, well, give, give me a moment. And I made a phone call and I found two folk that if I named them, you would say, yep, those are great guys. And they came out and they pulled him where he needed to go and it was done. And while we're waiting for them to show up, he says, he says what, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I said, I'm a pastor. And if you haven't seen Grace lately, Grace is um, my wonderful, artistic, outspoken child. Um, and um, this summer, she has blue hair. It, it's wonderful. I, I can spot her in a crowd, right? I mean, it's just, it's easy, right? And um, he looks at me and he says, you're a pastor? And I said, yeah, d- didn't guess it, did you? <laughs> and she says, and he says, well, you know, Grace is wonderful, and I guess I see it now, you know? And um, I told him, I said, you know, I really believe that Christianity is about uh, caring and helping for people, about kind of being the best example of who God's been to us. Um, and after that, it was an easy conversation. Um, we had a great half hour as we waited for folk to show up. When, we, um, when we've been blessed, when we have first set our hope on Christ, um, we live as a reflection of the goodness of God. There's a, I mean, we could sum up this um, uh, sermon really easily if you know, we had to get to lunch or something. We could say, you're blessed to be a blessing. 
you have so that you can give, that God has done for you what God would like to see you continue to do for others. When we set our hope on Jesus, we become an opportunity for our community. And I want to kind of head back around towards the end here. Um, That whole you all grammar, I I had a professor in seminary that said, never refer to your Bible as yours. Don't say it's mine, because it's really ours. Because we participate in the blessings of God together, right? I mean, yes, you can go off into your own little place and have your own little Bible and do all that wonderful stuff, but it's really hard. It's hard to have Christian community. It's hard to have fellowship. I mean, I'm not Catholic, but I have great respect for Catholicism. They even recognize that you gotta tell somebody your sins, and so that's how that confessional happens. That really, our faith is really ours. And so what are you gonna do with it? And I think that's where Ephesians is headed, that what we do in worship matters because it trains us for the day-to-day life of discipleship. And so come along with me as we set our hope on Jesus and then see how that filters through our life and makes a big difference. At the beginning of the sermon, I talked about Richard Branson. I wanna talk about one other person who deserves some praise. Her name's Avelia Avant-Garde. She's the um, National Spelling Bee winner this year. She's a 12, 13-year-old uh, African-American girl from Louisiana, a face full of braces. And um, if you get a chance, go find the clip of where she spells the last word. And I'm not going to act it out because you'll laugh at me. But she has this twirl that she does that makes you feel like she's been working for this. And I loved it. I'm just old enough to not want to get my news on YouTube. And so I watch um, Good Morning America. And uh, George Stephanopoulos is interviewing this cute kid. And he says, you know, uh, Avelia, you know, spelling's just your side hustle. You have other talents. And she says, oh, yeah, I want to play for the WNBA someday. And she already holds three Guinness Book World Records related to basketball. She's already been in a national commercial for Nike related to basketball. LSU decided to give her a full ride scholarship uh, just over the weekend. Uh, What an amazing young lady. Sure, she's not going to space in the next hour, but don't you think she set her hope on something amazing? And was it wonderful to see her twirl in celebration? We live to set our hope on Jesus and to be a reflection of the good that God has done to us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.